Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Listening to Acton Millwall Emergency Broadcasting Special, a public service broadcast made on behalf of the Real Millwall Fan Show and Acton Millwall, broadcasting from South Bermondsey. Huge welcome to another emergency wartime broadcast service podcast from Acton Millwall. Uh, our special guest today is, um, I wouldn't call you regular, James, but you've been on the show in the past. James Blewett, welcome to the show, James. Hello, Nick. And you've you've made the, the correct point that um, life at Mill, despite the coronavirus that's doing the rounds at the moment, <laughs> uh, there's always a dark side, <laughs> darker side to look at. And um, Millwall is not all about good times. And we've been doing a few shows on some good seasons recently. And you made the correct point to me that there were some uh, <laughs> we, we, we got disaster seasons um, in in the past. And you've picked out two dollies here today, James Blewett. Um, two thousand five six to start us off with. We're going to do. Uh, to 2014-15 later, but we'll, we'll kick off with 2005-06. And wow, James, what a season you've chosen now. I, I hadn't looked at this in a long time. But blimey, it's, it's, it's the worst. I have to say, probably without much competition, it's the worst uh, season I've ever watched, Nick, uh, in uh, 36 years. Uh, it was just like watching a very, very slow-motion car crash. Uh, and, and to be honest, I mean... <laughs> uh, it's, if you look back over our history, and uh, now we're all confined, uh, the Millwall uh, <laughs> History website with all its stats is, a, is an invaluable way of passing the hours. But we've we've actually only been relegated seven times in the uh, in the last sixty years. So, yeah. but we've had a lot of uh, a lot of what should we say mediocre seasons in between. But it's uh, I think it's these uh, these these awful seasons that make the highs all the better. I think you're right. I mean, you've picked out 2005-6 and we'll come on later to uh, glance at 2014-15. We were just saying off air, listeners, that uh, I hadn't looked at this season in a long time. It's only since James suggested it. But I think by far 2005-6 was the worst season in my time. I think it beats the end Holloway season by a long stretch, don't you, James? I do, I do. Made all the more uh, difficult for me, Nick, because it was the first season I bought my three children season tickets. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and I persuaded my brother-in-law Stop. to bring his three children. So we had six, between six and ten children with us at each of these awful games. Uh, and uh, I can't tell you how much money oh, I had to pay in uh, uh, hamburgers and cokes and chips to keep them uh, to uh, stave off the revolt. I think you should, still, you should still be paying this debt off. It's a bit like the war debt with America, isn't it? You know, it's, it's going to take a long while to pay off. <laughs> and you should still be paying this one off. But, I mean, the, the story of 2005-06 actually begins, really, the season before, because we've had the cup final in 2004. Um, good times. Um, Theopathetis in charge, um, presiding over the Dennis Wise Cup run. And then, obviously, there was that strange European um, excursion in, in 2004-05. But you did have a sense that things were coming to an end in, in, in um, at the end of that 2004-05 season. And I think this this story, this season, really begins, James, with the announcement that Theo made. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes here. In, in August 2004, he announced he was going to leave the club. Um, yes, yeah, so it, it's... it's um... 
it because it, it all looked like so many um, bad times. It all looked so good just running into it. We'd uh, we'd, we'd had that really, uh, you know. Dennis Wise looked like a man in a hurry. He looked like you know a bit like Rowett in a way, in the sense that he you know he was serious about trying to uh, take the club forward. But there was that I sense really that Theo was uh, had done his time really and was looking for an out. Uh, and yeah. really at the end of the previous season, even before he he resigned, we'd seen. Uh, Darren Ward and poor I feel and Danny Dicchio leave the club and there was a sense of things being run down really I think yeah and I, I mean I think the announcement he was leaving and I mean the one thing that, that Theo brought I mean he had his had his critics and you know um, you can still argue he's the, the rights and wrongs of Theo but he brought a certain stability and it's a little bit like what we have in a way now with John Berrelson, he brought stability. Um, and although you might not have, you might have a little, the odd shot at good times, you weren't going to, you know, the club wasn't going to collapse and, and fade away under, under his um, chairmanship. But he, he announced he was leaving. And I think that just put a note of um, an uncertainty into the club. Um, the other interesting um, point, I just noticed that in February of 2005, so just before the start of this disastrous season, um, Jeff Burnage was announced as the um, the anointed successor to to King Theo. Jeff was going to take over, um, which actually happened in in May. Um, Theo stood down. He, re- he remained on the board, and I think that was probably a bit like um, a bit like Edward Heath used to do to Margaret Thatcher, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Theo remained lurking on the around board. in the background. Lur- yeah. He lurked, <laughs> um, and Jeff Jeff took over. Um, so this was May. 2005, um, Jeff takes over, but Theo, crucially, listeners, remains sat on the board of <laughs> directors. Um, I suppose he, he, I don't know what his intention, I think his intention was to leave at some point, James. I can't, I can't, couldn't find anything on it. My memory was that he was, he was intending to leave completely, but wanted to remain as a, um, I don't know, as Just a, a presence at the club. Just a helpful support for Jeff, I think. A helpful support. <laughs> a helpful support. It shows how helpful it was, because Jeff then... Um, appointed Steve Claridge as manager because Dennis Wise left, of course. He resigned at the um, in the kind of wave of players that left the club. And there's quite a wave of players that actually left at the end of 2005 when you cast your eye down the, the list. And I think part of this was driven by wage reductions, uh, James, because one thing that Theo brought was financial stability. And I don't think Jeff Burnage could quite bring the same sense of... Um, you know, financial clout. We had to try and run within, within within our means. I think that was Jeff's intention when he took over to cut our cloth according to our means a little bit. Yeah, there was a massive massive reduction in both the size and the quality of the the squad in that close season. Um, yeah, and quality as you say, then Steve Claridge yeah. took over, and um, I think. Uh, you know, fantastically popular player. I loved watching Claridge play, and uh, and a very strong personality. But it didn't seem to go very well. I mean, it was, what, 56 days, I think, he lasted, didn't it? 56 days. Um, so, yeah, Claridge was appointed in June of... Uh, and it was a Jeff appointment. Um, I mean, the underpinning all of this is the need to cut wages. Um, I'm just looking at the, the players. I thought Exodus, not out. Uh, the club Exodus out. Um, Wise resigned. Musket went. Um, Darren Ward was sold. Paul Ierfield was sold. Dicchio was sold, Peter Sweeney was sold, and crucially, Big Bob Peters was uh, was allowed to go as well. And that's you can't lose talent like that, James. You can't and lose, not, not, no. not, not suffer, you know, as a consequence. Um, and then you look at the players that came in. This is just the summertime. There's so many that you lose track. But I mean, you've got names like Sammy Igo. Do you remember Sammy Igo? <laughs> Jamie Vincent. Jamie <laughs> Vincent. Um, uh, that, that was a Claridge signing. I go and then uh, Lee took over after Claridge was sacked in the summertime. And we've got other names coming like Carlos Fangero, Jamie Vincent, you named Carlos Sabra and loads of others, but not on the same you know platform of, of quality. But it was, um, a, it was a bitter, it was a bitter change, wasn't it, Nick? And um, uh, I think Claridge felt that he'd uh, he'd not been given any sort of chance at all and been set up. Um, I think Jeff Burnish felt he'd been set up uh, yeah. because I think Theo sort of took over again, and it sowed a sort of um, a sourness that hung around the club really for the the rest of the season. And of course, every time we saw a player playing really well for another team, people would say, "Of course, Claridge had him lined up to sign for us." <laughs> so there was always that sort of, <laughs> including Lionel Messi and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zizou or whatever, you know. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it was a poisonous atmosphere, actually. I and mean, just doing these notes, James, I mean, you forget because it's 15 years ago now, a long time. But it was a very poisonous atmosphere because Theo remained. He, he, he pulled the rug from under um, Bernage's feet. He, he, um, uh, Bernage stepped down in July as chair. So we had chairman appointed, chairman goes. Um, and Jeff mightn't have brought financial um, clout, whatever word you want to use, but he, he was very well thought of around the fan base. He's a, he's a Millwall fan and very well known. And he did bring that sense of us all in it together. So although the wage bill had to be cut, I think there was a sense that, yes, it's Jeff doing it. He has our best interests in heart, at heart. And that went quite quickly, didn't it, once he, once he stepped down? Yes, and then they brought in Colin Lee, who of course was a, was a man with a bit of history himself. Um, backstabber, the backstabber. Huh? Yes. The, <laughs> so ju- what, just what you need in a really sour atmosphere is to bring in a man <laughs> whose biggest uh, reputation is that he was a backstabber. Uh, he takes over. He, yeah. He'd taken over from Mark McGee at Wolves, <clears> and right. uh, and and uh, Mark McGee never forgive um, um, uh, uh, Lee for, uh, for for taking his job off him. And and then there was, uh, and again, I, I don't remember these things, but yeah, there was some sort of um, bitter dispute between Torquay United and Walsall over uh, Colin <laughs> Lee's uh, services that ended up, uh, anyway, with him on football scrapping for a year and a half before oh, um, Millwall came knocking. Yeah, it was it was a bizarre time. That you, 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 this was the start of a season. I mean, the, the, these incidents in by themselves would be, you know, major, major um, hurdles and obstacles. But it just went on and on this season. I mean, the season began badly with a an away loss at Leeds, two one loss on opening day. Um, this would be under the under the um, you know the, the management of of, uh, of Colin Lee. Um, and you look we at had, the, um, Don Hutchinson scored for us, didn't he? Um, he did. Yeah, uh, he was... I remember him. His announcement um, being in the uh, South London press. Millwall sign eleven million pound man. West Ham um, slag, basically. <laughs> and they, they called him a million pounds. They'd added all the transfer fees he'd ever had. He's about 32 by the time he arrived. And uh, this made him an, an 11 million pound signing. Let's just run through the opening day. I always like to look at the opening day team and then the, the closing. Um, you, get, you can tell much. Well, there's a huge story between these, these teams. But this was opening day. Andy Marshall's in goal. Alan Dunn at number two. Jamie Vincent, number three. I'm struggling. I, I know he played for us, Jane, but I can't actually remember Jamie Vincent. I, I, I can only remember the fact he was there and wasn't. He very shouted cool. a lot. <laughs> but it's like he was, a, he was another of the uh, the, uh, the the O'Brien pointers. Um, he um, shouted and pointed a lot. Shouted you know, a good journey, man. I don't. There was nothing against him, but uh, he was certainly. No, no. Um, it certainly wasn't coming Muscat who he replaced. Well, there we are. It was that, it was that contrast in, in quality. So Vincent's at three. Uh, Marvin Elliott, good player, Marvin Elliott. He moved on in the yeah. end, didn't he? Um, Matt Lawrence, good player. He moved on. Uh, Mark Phillips, willing player, if you know, perhaps not quite the quality of, of the Darren Wards that, that left us. But, but there we are. There's a name for the, from the past. Adrian Seriu playing at number seven, known for one thing only, which was his long throw, wasn't it? Were you there for the day of the long throw when he, he launched the ball from the inside our own half into the Leicester goal mouth? Is one moment uh, glory. I was. That that was that was his Millwall career, really, wasn't it? That, that was throw. it. <laughs> <laughs> it took everyone by surprise. It didn't get a goal. If it had got a goal, it would have been like it really would have been his one moment. I could one hit wonder. Uh, Jody Morris at number eight. I, I never really. Wage thief. Yeah, I never took to him. I, I I never saw what the um the hoo ha was about Jody Morris, but there we are. Barry Hales, who was a good servant for the club, and yeah, good good servant of Millwall. Yeah, very much at the end of his career, and had played. He'd done well at um a few clubs. Fulham, I think, was probably where he did best. We've mentioned Hutchinson at number ten, who scored that goal up there at Ellen Road, and then the Canadian the Canadian King Josh Simpson at number eleven. I didn't mind Josh. He was a bit lightweight, wasn't he? And um, you know, had a bit of skill, but and seemed to get pushed off the ball. But you, you, I, I kind of took to him in a, in, a, in a funny kind of way. And then we have a we have a we have a bench here. There's, um, is that Robinson goalkeeper? Is that, is that Paul Robinson? Is that another Paul Robinson? Goodness knows. I don't know. We had a few Robinsons around in those days, didn't we? We had a Trevor Robinson floating around the squad as well. Yeah, I, 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 there's Robinson at number twelve. I, I, 
I don't know if that's our Paul Robinson, so to speak, or another Robinson. Sammy Igo at number 13. Kevin Braniff actually came in on the 90th minute for, for Syria. Ben May. Given a, given a three-year contract, <laughs> my wise. <laughs> the names. Ben May, um, famously for... Uh, gotten toilet uh, seat. And, yeah, Lady Pidge leading it to toilet seat from B&Q. What, why would you do that? I'd be on me still. <laughs> and then Bob Peters, who was still on the on the club's book. Millwall legend. Millwall yeah. legend. Um, so just looking at the opening results, I mean, it, it started with a defeat and um, one win in the Carling Cup against Bristol. But league-wise... We didn't win until um, September. We got an away win at Wolves, but um, we started poorly and carried on, really, didn't we? 24th position with bottom of the table going into September that season. Um, I suppose the other storyline off the field is that we, we kind of existed without a chairman for a while, didn't we? Theo was the kind of um, like a ghost figure, wasn't he? He was on the board and pulling the strings, but wasn't wasn't chairman for some... God knows what game was being played out there. I think he wanted away, but... Um, we, we the club officially didn't have a chairman. I think that the open club was a complete mess at the time. Yeah, yeah. Then you start to, com- but then we went on a little run, didn't we? From mid September through to October, we uh, we didn't lose, yeah. and you start to see names appear like um, Ad Williams, Carla yeah. Saba, <laughs> Jermaine Wright. <laughs> I forgot him. <laughs> There's so many names. I mean, when we do these shows, listen, I try and do a few notes and you put like the main arrivals. But there's just so many this season, James. I'd forgotten A.D. Williams until you said his name there. But there he is. Um, as you say, he's a little bit of a run. Um, unbeaten from Wolves away, 2-1. Sheffield away, 2-1. Some good results there. Three away wins. Three away, 2-1 wins in September. Starts to turn things around a little bit. We're still... 22nd, we're still in the bottom three at this point. Uh, a few draws, QPR, Norwich, I see. Um, but then we hit some uh, two real thumpings. We get beat by Sheffield United at home 4-0. And um, Southampton turn us over 2-0 also at the Den. And we're Was back that to um, when Andy Reid tormented us? Or am I could, in the wrong day? Could, sure could be, could uh... be. I see Ricardo Fuller, well, I think it's Ricardo Fuller scored for Southampton that day, so he would um, come back to us in a different guise later in his career, but I can't remember now. I mean, six goals conceded in two games. Um, we've gone back to to bottom. Um, we're still doing well in the Carling Cup, though, James. We beat. We still see off Mansfield in the Carling Cup, despite our poor league <laughs> form, so it wasn't all bad. Um, and then more losses as, as November goes along. The big moment and the the, the, the the most surreal moment that came in November was the appointment of Peter de Savary as club chairman. So, you know, we've got a club <laughs> spinning out of control <laughs> um, on the field. Um, you know, reshuffle of managers, players arriving. It's like a revolving door um, generally. And then we appoint perhaps the most unsuitable uh, club chairman of, in, in history, Peter de Savary. Well, it- his his um his his uh, reputation was built on the fact that he managed to ruin Lands End, turn it in from a, a national <laughs> beauty spot into a theme park, uh, and uh, uh, the, it's worrying because he really did, he really did see you know his it was a probably speculator that was his background property and yeah, of course he was utterly ridiculous. I remember he turned up. It's one of the most uh, ugly sights I've ever seen in football. He turned up in a three-piece suit and then stuck a replica top over the top of it and did a bit of sort of Delia Smith moment on the pitch before when he, um, you know, tried to... He was a showman, though. I remember he had proposed um, wanting to bring a live lion onto the pitch and, uh, you know, health and safety went mad, you know, and said, no, actually, it's not a good idea to let a a live lion loose on a football pitch. Um, he, 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 I mean, I, I remember Peter the Savory. He was he was in the America's Cup yachting, and you know, you mentioned Lands End. I think that was it was a, a major yachting event. Um, and I don't was that being the eighties? It must have been. Um, and he was like this, as you say, this kind of showman, developer, stroke yachting, um, you know, entrepreneur. They've got him shown here as on the. But I'm just looking at his picture now as I'm speaking to you. He's a deep suntan. I think he had a lot of. Um, developments around the West Indies in, in various islands and links with various governments in the small islands of the, of the Caribbean, um, developing, you know, a luxury uh, yacht stroke, um, you know, like these sandals type places, that kind of hotel out there. You know, what a pedigree to run a football club. <laughs> 
and I met him. I met him because when he when he arrived, I mean, this is a little diversion for the listeners here, but um, I there was there was this idea that he was going to develop the the, the, the den, like he was a property developer, property speculator. He had um, Ferguson Lacey, Graham Ferguson That's Lacey, right. yeah, yeah. was another um, mysterious Isle of Man based investor. Um, but certainly, um, you know, it, it didn't bode well for the future of Millwall Football Club at the den with the arrival of these two characters. Sandals Bermondsey. <laughs> adults only <laughs> oh dear um but um i i i i organized um a protest leaflet i don't know what i was protesting against really i think just you know but like uh, james dean what have you got or marlon brando what do you what do you got you know i protest against it i'll rebel against it and I remember standing, handing out some leaflets um, printed on work yellow paper. I'd run them off at where I used to work on the photocopier and um, protesting about Peter de Savary. And um, he sent the chief executive, Ken Brown. out. Remember Ken Brown? The, um, oh, yes, yes. Uh, he, yeah. he of the, the funereal um, <laughs> demeanour. And he came out with his hands in his pockets, looking very hangdog and found me over at the... Um, the gate at um, at the Cold Blow Lane ends. I was on the other side of the you know boundary, so they couldn't couldn't um, have me thrown out or anything. But he said, "Oh, the, the chairman wants to see you." Um, so I actually well, I thought, "Well, what the hell?" You know, in for a penny, in for a pound. So I went into with Ken Brown into the director's room. It's like a like a kangaroo corpse sitting there. There was um, <laughs> there was the Savory who was livid, absolutely livid. Um, like his, his face was puce and with with rage at what was going on. And he had he had a he had a copy of the um the leaflet in front of him that I printed up. Um, it wasn't quite lecture set, but it was done it was done on the hoof quite fast. And there was um, a couple of other guys in there. There's there's Brown and there was a couple of guys um, from the board of directors sat there. I won't name them. So I think some are still involved, looking at me like um, like the Spanish Inquisition had just dragged in a you know a heretic. And um, the Savory was raging. And two things I remember. Two, these are the impressions. He, he didn't like what I'd done. Wanted him to have, you know. It, it, I remember at one point he called it this 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 shitty little club. I've brought in money to this shitty little club. And I said, well, I'll quote you on that, um, Peter. He said, no, don't quote me on that. <laughs> and it, two things. That's a, that's a third thing. Two things. Um, he had a, a, a monogrammed um, shirt. And I've never, never trusted a bloke who wears a, a monogrammed shirt. He had his PDS on his cuff, <laughs> his cuff of his shirt. And when he when he read, because he was reading out his statement from the programme, which said how much money he was going to bring in, how he had a five-year plan to get into the Premier League, he was reading his statement and he pointed at the words as he spoke them. Um, and I thought, that's really weird, isn't it? You know, um, man of his... <laughs> Wealth and standing, international reads. businessman, international, uh, you know, Caribbean kind of uh, magnate points at the words as he reads them. Um, those are the two main things. And, and, and he was, um, wait, we, we, we left, we, we shook hands. In. I don't know, I, I don't know, I managed to steal. He didn't offer you the manager's job then. <laughs> Uh, he was he was actually loopy Lou, honestly. Um, but there we are. So he arrived. Um, we, we strayed stra- far from the path there, but um, I'm not sure that form got any better under his um, stewardship, though, James. Um, no, we had a win against Norwich in the November, but it nil. was um, defeat yeah. after defeat, the occasional draw, and the crowds. You know, bearing in mind Millwall are in the second tier. Um, you know, seven thousand eight hundred, eight thousand one hundred. Yeah. You know, there was a massive level of demoralisation around the place. We managed to draw at Crystal Palace, which is good. Um, but going into the new year, into 2006, 24th, we, we climbed off the bottom with a win at Brighton. A win that would have been at the um, the Athletics Ground down there. What was that called, that place? The, uh, it was like the University of the Withdean Stadium. Um, but by this time, Nick, changes had happened, hadn't they? Uh, Losing my story. Yeah, Colin Lee. Colin Lee had been made director of football. Uh, December the 22nd. Upstairs, as they say. And uh, yeah. they brought in probably one of the most depressing characters in the world's <laughs> history, uh, David Tuttle. Uh, no managerial experience whatsoever. Uh, the sight of him standing on the uh, touchline with his arms crossed haunts me even to this day. It's, uh, but he, uh, he, uh, he took over um, just, I think, 21st of December. He did, um, and and as you say rightly, the, the football genius that is Colin Lee was made 
director of football is the kind of role that you 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 would use you know Zidane put him upstairs make sure he's got the overall vision of how the club's going to be playing and that's what we did with Colin Lee and we had title managing day by day I found a wonderful quote here um uh, this, I'm going to read this verbatim if I may this is 22nd of December 2005 the heading on the BBC is um Lions chief needed to make change. Man of action, um, Peter Savary's sure that another, <laughs> after another management shake-up at the new den, the club will get away from the relegation zone. So <laughs> not only we, pre- Premier League, and now we're going to get away from the relegation zone. Um, he has appointed former di- manager Colin Lee's director of football, made David Tuttle, as you rightly say, the new boss. Uh, Savary said, our chances of staying up are far better than they would have been if I'd left things the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this had to be done. Uh, I needed to have an idea of what might might make two and two come to five. And that's what we need. I needed to have an idea of what might make two and two come to five. <laughs> Fucking hell. Fuck. <laughs> the so is hoping it wasn't to... just his reading that was spot on. <laughs> his maths weren't up so much. Maybe that's the kind of deals he did in the in the in the small islands. I don't know, making two plus two come to five or six or seven. I don't know. Um, there we are. So that's there. Yeah, you're right. Colin Lee takes over in in uh, December. Um, uh, sorry, goes upstairs. Apologies. And Tuttle takes over. Then it gets really depressing. <laughs> Tuttle, was, Tuttle was like the ninth circle of hell. Um, it goes into into January. Um, we had a we had a. We had a, a, a momentary flutter. There's a win look, against um, Derby. Actually, Brighton away and then Derby. Two wins. So it was a hint of a full storm. And they're not a bad performance in the FA Cup versus Everton, which was um, Marvin and, Williams' yeah, moment. that was that very exciting moment when Marvin Williams arrived. That's right. I thought we, I thought he was really going to make it. I thought he was, I thought yeah. he was a, a real talent. And he, he took a good goal that day. Against Evan, I think it was an equaliser. No, we put That's us ahead. Right. Sorry, yeah, yeah. and then they pulled back late to uh, to to take us to a replay, which we lost, where Cahill scored and didn't celebrate. Um, but in the league, which is our focus here, really um, losses. Look at that, uh, Preston draws and losses. There's no wins until March. A win at well, a win at Luton. One thing you. Just need to just highlight though, Nick, is um, the signing of Barry Powell. Um, <laughs> oh, how could I forget? <laughs> uh, he's actually on the score sheet against Cardiff. This is a, 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 a one of the rising stars of European football, signed from the uh, the Dutch second division. He yeah. was the man who was going to lead us out away from the relegation zone. Yeah, and into the Premier League and all the rest of it. Um, main thing to know about Barry Powell, listeners, it wasn't spelt with a double L. It was just spelt with one L. Uh, that's about the only thing I can really remember about Barry Powell, apart from uh, apart from the fact that you're right, he scored against Cardiff. At, 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 and one um, R in Barry. <laughs> losses, losses, losses. Look at this. Um, a win at Luton, uh, but we're 22nd in the table. We, we must we must have been scratching enough draws to keep us off the bottom. Um, at that point, at least 20, 22nd, we've risen up to by the time February comes. Um, we draw against Crystal Palace. Ben May with a late as a moment of glory for Ben May actually, 89th minute equaliser. I when Look at that, 12,000 about... fans for a Palace home derby, you know. It's, uh... Yeah. Well, these were depressing times, aren't they? Ben May, James. I mean, I, 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 when he first arrived, I thought maybe we've got a, a, a traditional Millwall centre forward in Ben May, but um, he never quite took hold, did he? Um, I, I, I like, he was a frustrating like player. Brave, limited. Um, I thought, but I, I, thought thought might... him, I thought him, Barry Powell and, uh, and Marvin Williams were going to power us out of Division 1 the following season, but uh, it was not to be. No, no, no. I mean, Ben May's power, Barry Powell's um, Dutch nous, I suppose, and Marvin's pace. But, yeah, it didn't work out that way, did it? Um, and we, we, we go into the kind of um, the plunge zone now. Um, by the time April comes round, we're really staring down the, the barrel. Um, 22nd. We've got some wins. Uh, Watford away. We pulled out some odd, decent results, haven't we? I mean, in a, in a sea of depression, it's you get these odd little away wins, and you think that's that's not a bad result going to Watford and winning when you need it two 0 Um, but the classic April, hope that kills you stuff, though, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and April, 
Um, we must have been relegated in the end under under Tuttle against Southampton. I couldn't work out which game it was that put us down, but um, we lost that Southampton 2 0. And then shortly afterwards, on the 20th, that was on the 17th, on the 20th, um, Tuttle leaves. I think it was by mutual consent. I think he, he left. And I think we were actually relegated at that point. So that was the end of Dave Tuttle. Um, Possibly one of our worst managers. I, I, I think he was just. No, enough. I don't so, think he had a chance. To be honest, Nick, I think <laughs> given what you were talking about, the chairman and Colin Lee stalking around and everything. I mean, the, the whole thing was an utter shambles. Yeah, and he left, and and then for the final few games of the season, um, goalkeeping coach Tony Burns and old hand Alan McCleary took over, and we actually got one win. We got a win against Burnley too just to give us a last hurrah, but we were down. That's in front of 7,780 at the den. And we finished the season in 23rd position. Um, I must admit, by the end of that season, um, De Savary was, was still in the chair, I think, at that point. Although he did leave um, at some point after that. Because Stuart Till came in, didn't he, with, with uh, Heather Rabatz as, um, as, as, as his uh, kind of chief exec or a chief operating officer. I can't remember what she was now. But we were certainly relegated. These were depressing. That was a depressing season. I, I, I really feared for our club at that point, James, I must say. We were spiralling down. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> it didn't get much better the season after because that's when, uh, of course, we appointed Nigel Spackman. Um, yeah. Who was gone within three months. You know, it was, uh, it, they, were, they were very difficult but, days, very difficult days. We'll look at that season another time. I think that was that Stuart Hill was like the new the the new hope. He was he was a Millwall fan, and I think I think he appointed um, Spackman. But we'll look at that separately. But just to just before we we move on to our second disaster season, because you, you've really gone for two 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 um, dollies here. I've got to say, James, I'm just looking at some of the names here. I mean, forty odd players played that season. Um, you know, and you got Bruce Dyer. I mean, I'd forgotten Bruce Dyer played for us. Um, names like um, I can't remember Paul Jones. Can you remember Paul Jones? He no. played four, to- four times to us. Um, and I like to think I can remember most players. I mean, I'd forgotten A.D. Williams, but I knew that he played for us. But I had genuinely forgotten names like Colin Cameron. I, who? who is he, he was you quite know? good. Again, was he was he? about forty, but um, he was um, he was he, he, he you know he, he held the midfield together for a couple of games, but uh, it was all fingers in the dam stuff, you know. Absolutely. Players like Phil Eiffel as well. Do you remember him? He, he was, From Spurs. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Rome, yeah. But an absolutely um, disastrous season. Um, one or two decent names. I mean, Zach Whitbread was playing. 27 times for us. Um, Alan Dunn made 45 appearances. David Livermore made the most appearances that season. 47 starts, uh, followed by Alan Dunn. I suppose they were the mainstays. Then you got in the 30s, you got the Matt Lawrences who moved on to Palace and Andy Marshall and the like. Jody Morris. Tough times, tough times indeed. I think I think probably the best epitaph to that season was the Player of the Season award. Um, who got it? It was a tough it. one. It was a real tough one because it was who was the least shit, really. And uh, David Livermore, I think, has been a bit over the years. But he sort of won it by default. And uh, in front of the sparsely filled den of 7,000 people, he uh, he walked out slightly nervously to pick up his Player of the Season award. And the whole stadium booed him. <laughs> I think there was a few reverse votes going on there. there was a, uh, I think that was that was that was a spite vote, wasn't it? <laughs> David Livermore, <laughs> Player of the Season. Oh my God! So there we are. That's two thousand five six. I hope we've done it justice for you, listeners. I think um, I think we've given it some good coverage. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You are listening to Achten Millwall. We move on, James, because you wanted to also... You... James begged me to do 2014 15 as well. Because <laughs> one is not enough. Everybody needs show. cheering up at the moment, Nick. <laughs> Life could be worse. Um, 2014 15, let's get my notes for that. And I've written on that, um, my notes are the main thing that, to take out that. Whereas 2005 6 was just dominated by a spiraling, everything was going wrong that could go wrong. In 2014-15, this was dominated by the personality of Ian Holloway for me, James. Um, That's why it stood out for me, to be honest, Nick, because I can't think of anybody else in the history of Millwall who's made me more angry than Ian Holloway. Uh, I think his his arrogance and his uh, complete egotistic kind of approach to the job uh, and his, uh, his, 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 the way he set up players and everything, I, I just think he was a he was an awful, awful uh, presence at our football club for uh, a year. Made all the worse because people, of course, had such high expectations of him. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I found an interview. It's on it's online if anyone wants to read it. It's under um, uh, it's actually it's a sack race, uh, thesackrace.com. And there's an interview with Ian Holloway um, dated uh, October 2019, so relatively recent. But I, I, I make you right. I mean, he, he arrived with high hopes. Um, but when you read this piece that he's done with the sack race, um, there's a lot of self-justice. He doesn't admit any mistakes or errors. It, it's And it was down to him. He was the manager. He was the man in charge. The fact that the, you know, the, the, the fans didn't take to him and blah, 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 blah. It all comes back to him. The buck stops with with you as the manager, especially a, a, a club the size of, of, of Millwall, because you have great influence and great control. And, you know, it, I think there's a certain amount of um, there's a, there's a, a diversion. It's almost like any, any, anyone else's fault but his. And that is very unattractive in a, in a person, I think. I think um, there was a cynicism about him. I mean, I think when he appointed Sid Nelson as uh, captain well, yeah, uh, got that. as a way yeah. of diverting, you know, really unfair position to put a young fella in like that. Um, also, he uh, he'd start his interview by saying, "I'm not going to blame any individual player. I obviously am the manager." And then he'd slag off all the players individually. You know, he there was something. Uh, he played a lot of games, I think, uh, Holloway. Yeah, he did. I mean, I, I looked at the Sid Nelson because that was one of the standout incidents of a season, of course, season. Um, but the naming of a 19-year-old, um, a Millwall fan. You know, we, we all know the Sid story. We know that his family are Millwall fans. Um, and he was coming from the youth ranks. He was a promising defender. Um, he had a he had a lot to learn in the game, didn't he, James? I mean, he was you know was by no means the finished article, and but he had promise, and he, he looked like he could certainly make a make a you know a, a good a, a good go of it as as a professional footballer, hopefully with Millwall. But I mean, the leading to him being named as captain, um, Holloway gave interviews calling him the potential to be a legend at the club. Well. You know, at 19, that's a lot of responsibility to have heaped on your shoulders. You're going to be a legend and you're going to captain a side of men around you and, and you know, a team that's in, in trouble. And you're going to be the person that's going to be the legend that's, well, yeah. going to get us, get us out of the hole. I, I think it was the most oh, inept. I mean, I've, I've used that word about Tuttle. I think possibly... Um, Irresponsible, I think. And I think he, he knew what he was doing. He, he knew what he was doing. He'd been around football long enough to know what he was, um, you know, potentially doing. But I think he he was in a he was in a corner. He needs to keep the fans on side, and he just did it to uh, to ease the pressure of him, on himself. You know, I mean, but, it was a strange season. I mean, I, I I'd been a bit wary of Holloway, not because I had any great sort of uh, you know uh, you know ability to read the tea leaves or anything, but yeah. I know a few Palace fans, and they had said when they left them, he was psychological. They thought he was psychological. Done in, uh, and yet suddenly he turned up at Millwall only a couple of months uh, 
uh, later. And then he made a pretty mediocre start. But then there was that weird run just which led us into this season we're talking about, where we went and beat for about yeah. eight or nine games. And I remember going to places like Forest and Derby and seeing us win. And he managed to find this weird combination of uh, Lee Martin and uh, the legend is Meyerhofer. Um, yes. to, and got us up. So we kind of went into this season with, uh, with, 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 with some hopes, I think, really. Well, we did. Um, I mean, we, we'd escaped. He always put it, he, he saved us from relegation. We went on a decent run at the very end of the 13-14 season after Lomas had um, started the year then and then Holloway took over from him. So I think there was an initial buzz of excitement. Um, he had got teams into the Premier League. Um, he had a, an eccentric reputation, which um, I'll, I'll be honest, I thought he would work well for us. I, You know, I, I, I think there's a lot of... Um, you know, crystal clear hindsight that goes on with Ian Holloway. Yeah. But I, I believe you've got to be honest. And when he arrived, I was quite excited to think, well, maybe he can change things for the better at the club. The, the type of football we could play, attacking, passing, attacking football, always seemed to me to be the way to take things at the den and move us forwards. But I remember, um, I can't remember which season it was, whether it was this one, 2014, 15, or the previous term. I, I can't remember. But um, somehow, I, I, I think we might have sponsored a player for the fanzine. Um, no one likes us. And we had some tickets to get into the exec lounge. And he used to do this odd little thing before the game of announcing the team to, and his reasoning why he was naming that team to the, the executive club, which he did at Crystal Palace, apparently. And he did the same thing at Mill, and he stopped because I think other teams put plants in the room and, you know, <laughs> mobile phone down the, 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 the thoughts and views and tactics of the Mill manager and, and the team get an early, early take on it. Um, but I remember the reason I mention it is less that, but I remember um, being excited when he arrived and then he was in the exec lounge and he would, he called everyone around. It was like really odd. He's, you know, like stood up on a, didn't stand up on a chair quite, but like tapped the, um, tap the teacup and uh, attention, attention, attention. And he started this little speech about um, uh, his, his, his tactics for the day. And I don't know. It's just odd because he had a pompousness about him, which I thought, I don't know. You know, my, 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 my the sort of scales are falling from my eyes. I, I don't believe in you. I don't, would I follow you into, into battle? No, I wouldn't because you've got this pompous little manner about you about gather around everybody, be quiet at the back. And, um, you know, I can't see how a group of players would look at him and think, yes, this man knows what he's talking about. I believe in him. I'm going to follow what he does and we will succeed. It's, it, it, he seemed to lack leadership um, to me standing there in the exact lounge. So it was a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of an eye-opening moment in a way. I can't remember whether it was the 2014 previous season or 2014 this season when that happened, but it was an, it was an odd an odd experience, I have to say. But yeah, I mean, 2014-15 starts in August. Starts quite well, James. We beat Leeds 2-0 Yeah, at no, home. it was... Um, yeah, I remember uh, at uh, going to Fulham was, I suppose, the, the game that really um, I remember yeah. very strongly High from point. that. You know? Yeah, great day. Big uh, turnout. 6,000 yeah. Millwall fans there. The yeah. famous picture of the wedding couple surrounded by a sea of uh, <laughs> Millwall fans. Well, beautiful sunny day. It was probably a Holloway great moment in a way because he was, didn't... The crowd was singing Ollie, 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 I'm afraid to say. <laughs> and he, well, yes, yes. But he embarrassed himself before after the Leeds game. I think there was some Jimmy Savile singing going on and um, he didn't like that and said so. He told everybody and, off. He told everybody off. And I think it was that kind of school teachery quality which I picked up on, I think, when I look back at the, the, my previous contact with him, the one and only yeah. contact I've ever had. Um, but then Fulham happened, 1-0 win, beautiful sunny day, full away end. Um, all, you know, a day that's kind of gone into, into Mill Legend. I went up to the game at Sheffield Wednesday. I remember Maguire Gway scoring deep into injury time, 90 plus five, I see here. And we pulled off a draw there at, at Hillsborough. So that's August the, the 19th, and we're not doing too badly at that point. We're third in the table, James, seven points. Um, things seem to be going well, but then we start to hit some tough times. I'm looking at middle history. I'm sure you're looking at the same page, and the reds, the red zone starts, doesn't it? we just got one win in that mix there, and then a lot of losses I remember, and it's interesting. I, I remember going to Ipswich, and we played really well in the first half. And then we played really terribly in the second half. I remember thinking we looked like playoff contenders in the first half. We looked like we're candidates for relegation in the second half. And uh, yeah. it did seem to almost be a bit of a turning point that game because um, uh, the form was very, very lumpy after that. 
Absolutely. Losses at Ipswich, loss at Reading, nil nil draw at home against Forest, which you could say, okay, you know, live with that. But then we just keep losing two two one at Huddersfield, three one at home to Birmingham, um, goal by Lee Gregory. He was one of the, the players he did bring in, actually. I was, should have mentioned the players that um, he did bring in. And the, probably the standout player was Lee Gregory. Carlos Edwards he brought in during the summertime of 2014. 2020, uh, 2014, yeah. Maguire Gway, we've mentioned. Angel Martinez as well. Do you remember him? And he's, um... yeah. yeah, again, this was a classic Holloway. He brought him in and he said, I know this man. Him and his wife are wonderful human beings. <laughs> well, that's nice. So am I. I think Angel was brought in as the kind of um, the inspirational um, poster man when he used to put all these things out like... Um, you know, there's no iron team and all that kind of stuff, didn't he? On online, and uh, it's a sunny day, raise your spirits to the sun, and all this kind of. I still stuff. follow him on Twitter. He, he raises, Do you? He still raises my spirits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't compete with you, James. I can't compete with that. <laughs> um, losses and draws. So it goes. Cardiff we win in October. Apart from that, it's the Reds and you know red losses and draws. Um, and we get to, to, to December, and things are looking pretty bleak, actually, at this point. We're now 20th in the table. We get beat by Middlesbrough 5-1 at home. I was there for that day. That was a tough, tough day. Scott McDonald scored our goal. Um, midget, midget man up front when he's Scott McDonald. Um, and that was, a, that was a tough day. Um, five goals for, for Borough. And I must admit, at that point, um, you started yeah, to wonder point how it's going. where you start to think, this is... This is going south, isn't it? You really, you know. Probably my low point of the season was Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Um, oh, Norwich, 6-1. Oh, you went up for that one. I didn't go. Yeah, I drove. No public transport. So me and my <laughs> brother-in-law drove up and uh, we had Matthew oh, Briggs at uh, right back yeah. who was against, yeah. um, against Redmond. And I've never seen a player look as frightened as Briggs did. He looked absolutely terrified. And they destroyed us. And the rain started pouring down. And uh, there was a massive traffic jam to get out after the game. Um, and then we were driving through the driving rain down the um, the M11. And Chaplow starts taunting uh, Holloway on Twitter, saying, I'm having a lovely time playing Monopoly. Playing Monopoly. I remember that tweet. He was, he was at home. Nothing can't beat a good ball game with a family playing Monopoly or something. Yeah. And he, had, he had kind of like a like a like an over the top Christmas scene, didn't it, with his tree and you know presents piled up. And it, oh, it was it was it was. A tough, and then you it, knew it, that Holloway had lost the dressing room, and it was all in free fall. Uh, yeah, know. it was in free fall. Absolutely. Um, losses at home to Bournemouth. We got stuff six one Boxing Day. A couple of days later, we get beat at home two nil, two to Bournemouth. Um, Bradford, Bradford were third division at the time, if I remember rightly. We, we somehow scratched out a, a three-all draw against them, despite going behind a couple of times. And we managed to take it to a replay, of which we'll come back to later. But the league form continues downwards, downwards. Um, just one win. That was a forest away. We, again, we, we seem to have a knack of pulling out odd results here and there. That was a Ricardo Fuller goal there. Um, at uh, Forest, but just proceed that we got stuffed at Bradford, didn't we? That was it in the FA Cup. Um, and of course, that was doubly um, painful because um, an away game at Chelsea was the prize. Yeah, yeah, just something to liven up your season. Really, a good old um, trip to Stamford Bridge, and we got yep. slaughtered four 0 and it was slaughtered. Um, you know, there's no no hiding from that. Um, I mentioned the Forest win. We had a win at, at Birmingham, but really, other than that, it was a sea of losses thereafter. James Huddersfield leads away. We got beat. Um, Fulham draw, but then you got sh- one, two, three, four, five successive losses. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham, Middlesbrough, and then the crucial one where I think uh, that, was, that was the day where he wouldn't come out of the dugout. Uh, the, the booing well, started. Rotherham, just to take you back a bit, Nick, Rotherham was when um, we re- it was us or Rotherham basically to go down because we were yeah. scraping the odd results. And, Twenty uh, seconds at that point, yeah, 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 and um, and of course um, by this stage uh, Holloway had uh, basically blamed the players, said they were all rubbish, so he basically got rid of a load of players and bought in a whole load of new ones, uh, players like Fabrini. Remember yeah. him? Yeah, I do. Uh, I like to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
and he bought yeah. in all these players and uh, they, they, there were some classy players amongst them to, to be fair but the results didn't turn but then we went to uh, to Rotherham and uh, it was a bad tempered day on and off the pitch and uh, Steve Evans was taunting Lee Gregory enjoyed League One that was that's the, right uh, yeah that's right that's right. I remember that. Um, lovely bloke, Steve Evans. <laughs> <laughs> always a free, always welcome at the den anytime. A gracious winner. Gracious winner. We, we'd already had to Steve, uh, the, uh, the the Sid Nelson and then the three one loss uh, further back against Ipswich. You mentioned that, but um, no, the, the 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 worm had turned. He was he was blaming players. I remember him naming Magai Guay, who I wasn't the best, but certainly was was a decent finisher of a ball at times, giving the right service. And didn't he slag off his body fat? Um, Fatty was, was way, yes, yeah. Which, and he never looked too bad to me, but um, it, it was it was pointing the finger anywhere. In particular, but, uh, as he replaced Gouet with um, Gary Taylor Fletcher. Yeah, and I don't know what his body fat uh, rate was like. It was, <laughs> I can't believe it was better than uh, Maguire's, but there we are. Um, the crucial moment finally came against Norwich at home. We'd been beaten 6-1 in the away fixture and they put four past us at the den. Millwall won, Norwich City four. Um, a day that I think everyone will remember that was there. I'm sure I might even find the, um, the, the, the copy of uh, Acton Mill that I did that day because the booing was incredible. Um, and Holloway didn't come out of the of the management dugout, did he? He wouldn't he wouldn't appear. Which it I was think... amazing every time he even just because he took to wearing a sort of cap in that time to try and look like yeah. a Millwall fan. And every time he saw the cap just sort of pop up, the entire stadium with boo, and it was almost like you know, it had uh, gone. It, it had gone, and he, he he left us, and he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't resign because he. Uh, he wanted his payout. He wanted his wages, didn't he? The whole thing turned into a nightmare at the end. Um, but eventually, he did indeed leave Millwall, um, sacked, I think, and he got his money. And I think um, that's what the game was one of the bitter taste things because, he, you know, he'd built his whole persona on, you know, being a man of great integrity, etc. Yep. And, you know, I know, he's got to make a living and all the rest of it. But, you know, he, he rang every penny he could out of Millwall. And, uh, and you know, he just can't get away from it. it. The job he did was appalling. It was a terrible job he did at the club. And uh, uh, and uh, and yet he still wanted uh, to uh, to get everything he could. Yeah, I'm just looking at, there's a report, there's a BBC website. Um, Matt Lawrence, who's now a commentator with uh, various media outlets, said it was no surprise uh, that Ian Holloway was sacked. This is dated 11th of March, 2015. Um, came as no surprise from Matt. Um, Matt said, I think everybody knew this was coming. Most people are surprised it took this long, uh, he told 94.9. The fans are completely turned, and the minute you lose the fans, your time is up and it's time to move on. And that he had lost the fans some time before, in truth. Um, There was then, um, obviously, a little brief period where um, Neil Harris took over, um, took the the helm um, to try and do what he could. And form did flicker. Um, and we've got beat at, at Bolton 2-0 there, James. But then we had some, a couple of draws, a win against Cholton, which is um, always always good. I haven't gone behind. I'm just looking at the, the Diara for Cholton, scored a goal in the 67th minute, put them ahead. And then Maguire, his body fat's no longer an issue, um, 79 minutes. And, and Hueyvelt, late, 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 87 minutes, pulls off a 2-1 win. And we just flickered a little bit under Neil Harris. I think there was a sense that... Um, well... And Har- that's why that's why it wasn't that's why it's different to 2005 and 6 because actually I mean I was I was um, again quite nervous about Neil Harris's appointment because uh, I remember when he'd been um, he'd been caretaker the season before for a yeah. game after Lomas and we'd lost 4-1 uh, another dreadful South middle of the day yeah, at South End in the rain and uh, he looked visibly upset, really, really upset after the game. And I thought, well, I'm not sure you've got the kind of temp- you know, temperament for, for, for being a manager. But I have to say, it, it was like a breath of fresh air when he took over at the end of that season. I remember going on the boat to Brentford, uh, yep. the game that actually persuaded my, uh, my wife to become a season ticket holder. Um, and, yeah. two, all, two all draw, <laughs> there we are. But you know, it was really, really we, fall, you know, we were two nil up, fall. and um, we were playing with real panache, and Gregory and and O'Brien combined really well up front, and actually ended the season even though we were going down with with you know it's an old cliche, but essentially you had your Millwall back really, and, um, and yeah. the club was actually moving in a positive direction. I mean, we had a win at home to Wigan. Um, 
I think I think we were relegated with a loss, if memory serves, it was a Blackburn. We got beat there. And I think that might have been, or was it Derby? It was a free all draw at home to Derby. I think it was still game on at that point. Um, the, the chance of survival, but that was a draw. Having We, we led, um, it, was a, it was a Lee Gregory hat-trick that day, actually. Um, so we, we the hope was flickering, but then it was probably extinguished. I think it was the Derby game, actually, where we were, we couldn't know, you know, any longer survive. And then, as you say, just to reinforce this new era, um, we went away at Wolves, got beat uh, 4-2, but it was a uh, goal for uh, young Philpot, Jamie Philpot, was it? Up front, we looked like we are going to That's start right. Yeah, some, yeah, some I remember youngsters. that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ben, ben Thompson was on the bench. Um, different atmosphere entirely around the club. Um, Nelson, Sid Nelson played that day. So the, the, the finishing um, 11 that day, uh, 4-2 loss at, at Wolves. David Ford in goal, Alan Dunn. Harding, was that uh, Dan Harding? Um, That's right, yeah. Back. Powell, uh, this is with a double L. That, that would have been um, not Barry Powell. That would have been Jack Powell, I believe. Jack That's Powell. right, oh. yeah, the uh, the, the um, ex-West Ham kid, yeah. Uh, Jack Powell, um, Nelson, Mark Beavers, Matthew Upson, uh, Jimmy Abdu, Lee Gregory, Aidan O'Brien, and Martin, Lee Martin, I think. Um, yeah. Is that his first name? Lee Martin, I believe. That's right. So that's, how, yeah. that's yeah. how we finished. But there was a sense that, you know, yes, we're going to go down to League One, but with Neil Harris in charge, as, as it proved to be, that there were better times ahead. Um, so although this was a, it was a disaster season, we were financially underpinned by John Barrelson. We had one of our own in charge of us at the end of the campaign. Um, it wasn't quite the disaster that 2005-06 was, James, really, was it? No, and I compared to... Player of the season sums it up, really, because Jimmy Abdu, I think, everybody warmly welcomed him as player of the season. Good choice, yeah. A very yeah. good job in very difficult circumstances. Yeah, twice, twice player of the season, Jimmy Abdu, 2014-15 and in um, 2011-12. That's quite an achievement, I think, Jimmy Abdu, um, twice player of the season. Um, but there it was, relegated at the end of, of that season, uh, and Neil Harris would um, take us through the League One campaign to follow to the playoff uh, heartbreak and then victory the season after. So it was there was a curve upwards at the end of this season just to uh, leave us on a on a hopeful note. So um, there we are. <laughs> That's that's been quite it's quite quite a journey. Two thousand five six. I think that still scars me. Actually, rereading that today, James, I must admit I've forgotten <laughs> some of the nuances of that season. But um, twenty fourteen fifteen, not quite so scarring, um, perhaps. But um, you know, it, it was disappointing. Disappointing, disappointing rather than scarring. I think because uh, 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 you know to, to, we 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 did get uh, Meyerhofer back as well. We we lost over that, uh, which was. Um, Another awful highlight player. in 2015. Absolutely awful player. But there we are. Maybe I'll do a little feature on Stefan Meyerhoff for another time. Really appreciate your time today, James Blewett. Thank you for coming on the show, mate. It's been Pleasure, great. I know, Pleasure. I know people are enjoying these shows out there. We're going to try and do as many of them as we can. We'll, we'll, we'll crack along. But I, I really appreciate you doing this one. This, those are two good, good choices of disaster seasons. If anyone else wants to come on and talk um, Millwall anytime, do get in touch. Um, subject of your choice, we can do anything you like. But um, appreciate your time there, James. And I want to wish everyone all the best through the current lockdown. And Arriva uh, thank you for listening. Achtung Millwall and the Real Millwall Fan Show are the number one Millwall podcast and we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Millwall. We've got email, achtungmillwall at gmail.com. All one word, achtungmillwall at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232. That's 0208 144 0232 leave us a voicemail no human will be involved in the receipt of your message so give us a shout tell us what you think about all things Millwall and the best messages will be read out on air
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.